Yes. Yes. Hey, Grant. Hello. How are you, man? It's been a little bit. We've been pretty busy. Yeah, I would say so. As I've, one is. I've traveled to uh, several states this month alone. Yeah, you have. What have you been doing? I've been going to a lot of weddings and graduations. Any, anyone important? Yeah, of course. Nah. For one, okay, well, didn't have to travel for this one, but for one, I think this is three weekends ago now. Oh, yeah. Nathan Alfaro. Nathan, first of all. And Abby Chalice. So happy for you guys and hope you guys had a great honeymoon. And are they back? They're back. They've okay. been back. Well, hey. So, so for one, congratulations to Nathan and Abby Alfara. Super excited for them. It was an awesome wedding. They're great. And then I went to Alabama, and I went to my sister-in-law, Anna Kate Kinnish, her graduation from high school, and then went to a wedding in Birmingham, one of Mary Caroline's roommates from freshman year. Fun, fun, fun. Fun, good time, enjoyable, good company. And then I just got back yesterday from... John Cole Sue's wedding. Sue. John Cole Sue's. John Cole Sue's. <laughs> that was wonderful. He's a wonderful man. Yeah, thanks for the invite. Kind of crazy. No no big deal. I don't even know if he knows that we have a podcast, but I'll, fine. S- I'll send him this one just yeah. to be like, hey, we talked about you. Yeah. For 15 seconds max. Yeah. And then, as soon as we got back. Oh, yeah. What else happened, Grant? Tell us. We got a dog. We got a puppy. What kind? She is a black lab in, I'm going to butcher this name, Weimreiner, Weimreiner, something like that. Mix. Yeah. If you know how to correctly say that, let us know. (laughs) No, let Grant know. No, yeah, let me know. (laughs) When when I say us, I say say us as in my wife and I. Fair, fair. Let us know, but... Real quick before we get too far into this, I, I have I have a small rant about pets and animals. Okay. Okay. Now this dog, I've known this dog for looks at watch. Approximately <laughs> no, not even twenty four hours. Okay. And I love this dog. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to cherish it. It's a great little to have and to hold little animal for richer or however. Poorer. However, I am not going to worship this dog. I'm not going to treat this dog as if it is my daughter. Because it's not. Okay? It is a pet. All right? It's going to use the facilities outdoors. All right? It's not going to wear Dude, sweaters. three dog moms just stopped listening to our pod because... Dude, and that's what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not going to call myself a dog dad. Okay? I'm a pet owner. I'm a dog owner. This is a dog. This is an animal. This is not a child. I am not going to value this life above a human life. They have rights too, Grant. No. As a matter of fact, <laughs> they don't. 
Its entire existence lies within the palm of my hand. If I decide you're not eating anymore, it's not going to eat. To be fair, you go to jail for that. Oh, of course. I would so never do that. they do have rights. I would never do that. But I'm just saying, once again, I'm going to take care of this animal. I'm going to love this animal. I'm going to train this animal. But, but, this is not my child. No image of God here? No, not even a little bit. The image of God is... But it is the creature it is. of God. It is. Right. So again, I've been given dominion over the animals. Therefore, I'm going to have dominion over this dog and love it and take care of it. Yes. But I'm not getting a bumper sticker no, Papa. that says, like, dog dad. Dude, I'm getting you one. I'm going to put it on your car. And you're not going to know it. It'll be gone. No, you won't quickly. know. You won't know. I will. How often do you look at your bumper? Frequently. My brake light is still out, so I'm still <laughs> trying to make sure cops, all my other cops will, will see it. Oh, yeah. And then when that, and then, see, and that's the problem is when the cop's like, oh, so you're a dog dad, huh? I'm going to be like, <sighs> yeah, it's going to be embarrassing. But anyway, all that to say, love and cherish and take care of your animals, but be reminded this animal is an animal. So what are we uh what are we going to do today? First and foremost, what we're going to do is That's right. So, omniscience is what we're going to go through today. This is the third and final omni in the omnis. Yeah. So I think there are other omnis, right? I'm sure. But we this don't. kind of the big three. Yeah, I don't think we even are very familiar with the other ones right yeah. now. And if we ever do get familiar with them, we might, we might cover them. Oh, yeah. But right now, we're, uh, we're just going to cover three. And the main ones that everyone kind of knows. So, Josiah, let me, uh, let me ask you a question here. Yes. If you had to define omniscience, how would you define it? I would define omni as... Hopefully, we've been defining it the same way this whole time, which I believe we have all. Okay. Just plain on all, but it, when speaking of God, it's the infinite degree that we can speak about God. Yes. And then, uh, Grant, how would you define omniscience, the shince part? Uh, I would define it as knowledge. Yeah. Knowing. So, it's literally just science, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, to know. Dude, I was, I was reading an article one time, and I was, I was like, omnipresent omnipotent i was like omniscience i'm like what is omniscience yeah 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 and i was like oh that's that's the sign that i've had one cup of coffee today and don't know how to read yet yeah so omniscience so to get it right into this when we talk about omniscience as creatures right as people who were created by god people that aren't god Mm -hmm. we we grow we learn Right. Over time. Like, we gain experience that helps us in life. Yeah. We have the ability to learn from our mistakes. We make mistakes, and then we look at those mistakes and say, oh, I shouldn't do the same thing I just did. Yeah. Right? Whether it takes two or three or ten times, but eventually... We learn from those mistakes. We learn. Unfortunately, some of us make more mistakes than others. And I've been a really... I've been a big proponent of learning from uh, all the stupid stuff I've done. So we... We acquire expertise. We join crafts. We learn how to use our hands, right? So in particular crafts or fields of study, we acquire this expertise. But there's never been anyone that naturally knows anything perfectly. Yeah. No one's born with just a perfect skill set in anything that they do. Right. There's always a flaw somewhere. 
Exactly. And so Grant and I, as people who've played basketball, we feel this sort of humanness, this creatureliness, this, this flaw, right? So here's, here's what we mean. I used to be rather athletic. Mm-hmm. Grant? Uh, used to be, yes. keyword, yeah. Much less athletic than we used to be. Right. But I didn't know the ins and outs of strategy within basketball, like how, to, how it all works together and things like that as well as I do now at least, right? Yeah. So now I know the game much better. I know how to play basketball much better in my mind, but I'm not as athletic as I once was. So yeah. at some point, some point in time, you'll hear every athlete say this. Every former athlete says this. Man, if I uh, only knew back then what I know now, I would have been in the league. Oh, yeah, Guilty. I would have been in the league, bro. Yeah, like I'm, I'm an assistant coach now. Man, if it wasn't for my injuries <laughs> and if, if, you know, if, if I would have taken care of my body like I know how to now back then. It, I mean, the, the road goes on forever with that one. Right. So the, humans, we have limited knowledge, but we still pursue to know more and understand how life works. Yeah. And it's the grace of God that we can actually grow and learn and specialize in these different aspects of life. Like biologists pursue knowledge of how nature works around us. Right. You know, they, they don't know these things right off the bat. These are things that have to be learned. I mean, you have to go to school, you have acquire. to study, you yeah, have exactly. to get degrees and it takes forever. I mean, I know a lot, there was plenty of biologists whenever I was at, at uh, all of that Nazarene university where, I mean, they, it was one of the harder degrees to get. Right. So it was like, you have to study nonstop. You know, there's so many other types of doctors in different fields right medical doctors they specialize in medicine you have astronomers they learn about the stars the planets the the moons how the solar system relates to one another in the vastness of space right so it's there's various trades right there's you got your local coffee makers um grantholomew well what do what do they do well coffee makers have to learn and study how to do uh, different cuppings, which if you don't know the process of cupping, look it up on YouTube because it's way too long to explain. <laughs> but even people who work in the coffee shops, they have to know you know, how much to put in each different latte and each different drink. And people who roast coffee have to know what temperatures to set it at and how much and how much time, how much coffee, you know, X, Y, and Z. There's a lot of things that go into it. It's not yeah. something that you can just walk in off the street and say, oh, I can do this. Right. I mean, I can barely make like a pot of coffee, you know, just out of like a regular old coffee maker. Yeah, me too. Grant's out here roasting beans and doing this crazy cupping thing, which I, once again, if you don't know what cupping is, go look it up on YouTube because. If, if you're into <laughs> coffee and you don't know what cupping is, look it up and try it. It's, it's fascinating. It's great. So, I mean, everything, every field in the world, every craft, every field of study has to be honed in. We have to learn. We have to take our time to study and it's a lot of effort. It takes a lot of discipline. Yeah. You know, even as we speak on this podcast, we we spent time and energy into studying and learning in order to be able to relay important truths to you guys, right? Yeah. That's we have to do that because we don't know what we're talking about sometimes. Like <laughs> often we don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. And so we have to take the time to study and know in order to be able to actually have credibility with what we're saying. So even you guys who are listening right now, hopefully you hear this podcast and you learn something more about who God is, right? And hopefully what you learn is put into your lives and hopefully that encourages you to, to love 
God more and obey him. Yeah, and learning is a great thing, and we know that because God gives us great things to learn. Like, for example, uh, the world around us, uh, the things that he has shown us of himself. Yeah, like all the things we just previously mentioned, you know, the the biologist, the medical doctor, the astronomer, the coffee maker, the tradesman. Yeah, but God knows all things, and he's an expert in every field, right? I mean, there's no room for him to improve his understanding about anything. Yeah. That's awesome. Dude. And yeah, and we've said this before, but God has no potential in any area of his being. Because right. if God had potential, just logically, he would have room to grow and better himself. But there is nothing in God's creation that he doesn't understand to absolute perfection. So are you telling me that God knows the best cup of coffee? Okay. Here's what people say. They say, what is the best coffee? And any person who's in coffee says, whatever coffee you like the best. But, but. Is there a best one? God knows what the best cup of coffee is. God knows. God knows. There has to be one, right? Yeah. And he knows what it is. Yeah. So, nothing takes God by surprise, right? He knows all things. Yeah. He knows everything about every scientific field. He knows everything about you. He knows everything about every industry. Mm-hmm. He knows every fact. He knows every lie. He knows every single thing. He's not taken by surprise when something happens in the world that's tragic. Whenever a hurricane comes, he's like, oh man, I could have, oh no, it's too late. Yeah. Could have done something, can't now. Yeah. No. God is not ever taken by surprise. He will never say, oh, didn't see that coming. Right. Never. Right. So where do we see this though, Grant? Like there are, there are so many Bible verses that talk about this that show God as being all-knowing, knowing all things, having infinite knowledge. There are so many Bible verses, but let's go through those, Grant. Let's, yeah. let's talk about that. Yeah, so Matthew 10 verse 30 says, but even the hairs of your head are all numbered, right? So God knows every detail about us. And I think there's times when we feel like God isn't paying attention to us, uh, because, you know, I'm just a little, little mean, you know, all these bad things are happening. So, you know, may, maybe I'm I'm kind of a, a backseater in the, mm. you know, in the Lamb's Book of Life or something. But um, this like verse... God, like, like there's particular ho- more holy people than yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, oh, God's God's busy dealing with, you know, John Piper and, and MacArthur right. and, and, you know, all those guys. But He doesn't, you know, have, he doesn't have time to, to know me. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm or just listen a, I'm to a, me. Yeah, I'm a lay person, you know. I'm just, I'm just a, I'm a, I'm a peasant, if you will. Hmm. But it's like, no, this verse right here shows that God knows every little detail about you, about me, because he's the one who, who created us, who stitched us together in the womb. So it's like... And I feel, well, to go on the whole hair thing, right, like... Hair is literally one of like Such the a, least important yeah. details of a person's body. You know, a lot of people lose their hair. Yeah. They they'll go bald. Yeah. And then what? I mean, no one really like people make fun of like obviously we make fun of bald people, but like <laughs> No, I don't. <laughs> I definitely do not make fun of bald people, like ever. Okay, okay, okay. I make fun of bald people. But so I mean, you make fun of people sometimes that have no hair. But it's not a big deal because right. it's just hair, right? Like yeah. it's not a big deal at all. Yeah. So, but that's that's how the minutest detail 
God knows of us, and He knows the exact number yeah. or lack thereof. Well, and it's and it's very like specific because you know if the verse was like God knows all the teeth in your head, it's like okay, well I can, like, I can count the teeth. <laughs> yeah, in my head. Well, then if you go to West Virginia, you know it makes it even easier. <laughs> but I've got, I've got family in West Virginia. Oh, so, so you can I make fun of people with no teeth, but you oh, they, they all got they all got their chompers still. They do, but well. But yeah, I mean the hairs on your head. You know, it you it's it would be very difficult to sit there and count how many hairs are on your head, right? Unless you're bald. yeah, unless you're bald, <laughs> exactly. But anyway, the next. So this is uh this is one that we I don't know if we've gone into super deeply, and we're not certainly going to do that right now. But we are going to try to explain this um, a little bit. Uh, yeah. Romans eight twenty nine. It says, for those whom he foreknew, who God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. So this is really interesting. A lot of people will say that God foreknew people, and then he predestined those people. So what they'll take that to mean is that God looked down, looked down all of history, and then he chose those people to be Christians, who would choose him. So mm. whoever chose God, God looked down and saw that they were going to make the choice to choose God, and then he predestined those people because he knew that they would choose him. Well, we don't really we don't believe that um, personally, and there's there's many reasons why. But this in this particular verse, that foreknew isn't simply just knowledge, and I think that's where one of the disconnects come into play in this particular verse because, or in this particular debate rather, because foreknew doesn't just mean to know things mm. with your mind like right. and that's it right so here in this particular text we're going to try to make the argument that this foreknowledge is knowing intimately it's not just knowing facts it's knowing intimately yeah so it doesn't just mean that god knew who was going to be saved he knew them personally intimately and those he foreknew are the same ones that he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Right. So we think those go hand in hand, that the foreknowledge of God and the predestination of God, or the foreknowledge of God and the preordination of God before the foundation of the world, the choice that God made was based on who he foreknew personally mm -hmm. and who then he predestined. Yeah. Um, so here's some examples of knowledge being used intimately. So in Genesis 4, 17... Cain had relations with his wife, and she conceived and gave birth to Enoch. And he built a city and called the name of the city Enoch after the name of his son. So in Hebrew, which was the original uh, language of the Old Testament, the word had relations means to know. And mm -hmm. you see that actually very often. And sometimes, the, the like for instance, the NASB will say to know. Right here in this particular verse, this is the NASB. But in Hebrew, it says to know. So Cain knew his wife, and she conceived, right? That is an intimate knowing, right? Yeah. The, the knowing between a, a husband and his wife mm. is much more intimate than a knowing between strangers, right? Right. I know, okay, I might know your name, we're acquaintances, but mm. I know you much differently than I know my wife, right? right. That's an intimate knowing, right? So Amos 3.2 goes kind of in this the same direction. It's very interesting. So it says this, it says, and God is speaking of Israel here. 
You only have I chosen among all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. Okay, so here it says, you only have I chosen. Chosen here in the Hebrew means to know, which it's very interesting. So there's an intimate choosing that God has for Israel at this particular moment in time. Israel was the only nation that God had chosen on the face of the earth, right? Yeah. He chose them. There it means to know. Mm. If you And you can do this research, guys. Don't just trust us. Go look at the Hebrew here. You can go um, onto Bible Hub. You can go onto an, a Bible app called The Literal Word. It's really cool. You just click the word, and then it'll show you what the Hebrew there actually says and what the actual translation is. You can also use Logos. Logos? Logos. But that's a little more difficult. I highly recommend Bible, Bible Hub, simple, and just go to Hebrew or Greek and... Yeah. Up at the top bar. So, yeah. So there it means to know. So, Matthew one twenty four. Grant, would you get this one? Yeah, Matthew one twenty four and 25 says, And Joseph awoke from his sleep, and he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. So, the kept her a virgin... In the in the Greek, uh, means did not know her. Right, right. So that once again, going back to that knowing, like in an intimate sense, intimate, intimate, intimate. <laughs> what what is it? Intimate. intimate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's fine. Sense. Yeah. Did yeah. not know her in an intimate sense. Right. And then Matthew uh, seven verses twenty one through twenty three says. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name cast out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Leave me, you who practice lawlessness. Yeah, so that's super interesting here. We see the discrepancy between those who... God does know. Oh, yeah. And those who God yeah. does not know intimately. So here in Romans 8, 29, it says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. Yeah. Right? So those who God foreknows and predestines will be conformed to the image of his Son. Right. And those who God does not know, he will... and he says here in Matthew seven twenty one to those who came forward saying, didn't I do this? Didn't I do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, well, I never knew you. Yeah. Leave me. And what? how do they live? They're those who practice lawlessness. Yeah. And that's what is so dangerous is, I mean, I think you have a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of churches who, who really think that they know God and really think that they love God and really think that they're doing all these things. And 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 not just Christian churches, right? Like we're talking like those who go to church in like Christian denominations, but Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses yeah, yeah, yeah. and Muslims and yeah. different religions like that, they think they're worshiping God. Oh yeah. They think they're they're doing all these things in the name of the Lord in the name of Jesus Christ, but it's like they're going to get to heaven and they're going to realize that not only were they practicing lawlessness while they were living in their specific religious life, right? yeah, which they thought would get them to heaven, yeah, but they realized that God also didn't know them either, yeah, and that's where God will say the terrifying words: "Depart yeah, from me, I never me. knew you." Well, well, so many of them 
kind of have this this idea this this ideology of like as long as I wake up every morning and I check off all these boxes that's that's my ticket to heaven whereas the reality of it is the Lord has to know you right in that intimate sense yes and the Bible says like that we love Christ because he first loved us right exactly you know, and it's that intimate love that intimate knowing that that enables us to be able to love him and yeah. without without that if God doesn't know us we will never know him exactly right if God doesn't love us then we will never love him yeah we, that, we would have no ability way. to outside of the Holy Spirit yeah so looking if we do this okay guys if we look at the scriptures as a whole and we we read it objectively we don't just gravitate to particular verses but we look at the scripture as a whole it is good to say, I believe, that God knew his people intimately. I think we could all say that. Yeah. He, but he calls us his bride, and Christ is the bridegroom, right? Mm. So this, this sentence is consistent. He loves his elect intimately and knew her and chose her before the foundation of the world. Mm. That I think you can't deny that biblically. And if you are open to that, and if you're open to whatever God says is true, then you can't deny that the knowledge of God, the foreknowledge of God, is not just simply knowing, but it's an intimate knowledge, mm-hmm. uh, specifically concerning salvation. Yeah, God has a specific way He knows some people rather than others. Yeah, right. Because God's omniscient, doesn't He know everyone? Right. Yes, He knows everyone. He knows the hair on everyone's head. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't know people intimately because if he knew it people intimately, if he knew everybody intimately, everybody would go to heaven. Yeah, there'd be no hell. No one would go to hell. Yeah. Right? So, but he, he says here, like, he died for his bride. He dies for his people. He dies for the, the world in a sense. Mm. He dies for, for every type of person, for yeah. sure. But he dies and, and saves those who he foreknew and yeah. predestined right. before the foundation of the world. That's... Our, that's our position, mm-hmm. and we encourage you know questions and different things like that. If you disagree, hey, that's all right. Mm. We still love you. Everybody can grow, you know. So we encourage learning and challenging your own perspective. Yeah. So let's continue into some other verses that clearly show the omniscience of God. Yeah. Yeah. And Acts chapter one verse twenty four says, "And they prayed and said, You Lord, who know the hearts of all." Show which one of these two you have chosen. So, kind of the you know the highlighted portion there um, for, for the sake of this is you know the hearts of all, right? So, I mean that's just what we what we went into. You know the hearts of all. You know the hearts of of all man of everything. Yeah, the evil. Yeah, the the good that we produce as someone who's been filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, um, Psalm one thirty nine four. Even before word is on my tongue. Behold, O Lord, you know it all together. The very words we say, God knows. Before we even say it, yeah. So he knows our hearts, he knows our words. Let's continue. Yeah, and Psalm 147, verse 4, it says, He determines the number of the stars he gives to all of them their names. So every star, you look up in the night sky, every star that you can see, and then all the stars that you can't see. He's numbered them, he's named them. Yeah, he knows them very well. 
Um, first Samuel sixteen seven. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Mm. We don't have the ability to know what people are thinking. No. We don't have the... I don't know what you're thinking right now. I don't you know... Don't. I, half the time, I don't know what I'm thinking right now. I can... You know... Yeah. <laughs> and... But we don't... Like, for instance, you don't know what the person that you're closest with, your wife. Yeah. You know, that's the age-long age struggle between man and wife is... Um, I don't know what she's thinking right now. But boy, if I could. <laughs> just kidding. No, but seriously, like, the the biggest problem within relationships is yeah. communication, right? Mm-hmm. We can't know the, the inner thoughts of, of someone else. Yeah. We can only know what happens outwardly. Yeah. And then we have to make decisions based on that. Well, God knows the inward. He knows right. the inward thoughts. He knows um, how many hairs are on our head. Mm-hmm. He knows every word that we're about to speak, and he even knows how many stars there are. Yeah. So, but check this out. This is amazing. Yeah, so Romans uh, chapter 5, verse 8 says, But God proves his own love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were sinning against God, God saw it fit to save us from our sins. Mm -hmm. To save us from our sins that we were committing specifically towards him. Yeah. You know, um... There's an amazing quote. I think this really sums up why the omniscience of God about us is so amazing. And mm-hmm. A.W. Tozer hits this, hits the nail right on the head in his book, Knowledge of the Holy. He says this, To us who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us in the gospel, how unutterably sweet is the knowledge that our Heavenly Father knows us completely. No talebearer can inform on us no enemy can make an accusation stick. No forgotten skeleton can come tumbling out of some hidden closet to abash us and expose our past. No unsuspected weakness in our character can come to light to turn God away from us, since he knew us utterly before we knew him and called us to himself in the full knowledge of everything that was against us. I'm going to get that tattooed on my back. It's just <laughs> going to take up my entire back. But God... He saw everything. He saw the darkest part of us. Yeah. That's what it means when God, when the Bible says, while we were still sinning. Yeah. Means he, and you know, we see the outward, you know, we see, oh, well, they were doing this, they were doing that. God saw everything and he saw the inward evil. Yeah. That we were committing against him Mm -hmm. and he still saw fit to save us. And that's because he knew us intimately. Yeah. Right. Even the times when we were like, I know this is wrong. But I'm going to do it anyway. Like that's so evil. That's that's so yes. heinous against God. Yet God still saved us because He loved us. Yeah, I love the. There's no forgotten skeleton that's going to come tumbling out of the closet. Yeah. Where God's going to be like, oh man, I didn't know this. I can't save you yeah. now. Yeah, that's, you, that's, this, this was not on the resume. You did not put this on here. Like He knows. He knows all your all lustful things. thoughts. All your your hidden you know, hatred and different, yeah, different evils that are literally just matters of the inward heart. Like you can't, there's nothing that could come out on the day of judgment that's going to just blow up the whole thing. Right. You know, God is 
He knows everything and he's paid for it all. Yeah. Yeah. Once, once we are saved, once we are held, there's nothing that is going to separate us, separate us from the love of God. Amen. Somebody help me. There's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, no condemnation. Amen. Job 28, 28, 24 says, for he looks to the ends of the earth and sees everything under the heavens. What does he see under the heavens? Everything. I'm not even going to go into it. Right there, everything. He sees every single thing. Once again, all the inward thoughts as well. Oh, even all the ants on the ground? Yes, everything. Why are you getting mad? Because it's everything. <laughs> Psalm 56, 8. You yourself have recorded my wanderings, put my tears in your bottle, and they are not, are they not in your book? Um, that's interesting. But specifically here, I mean, he knows how many tears we cried. Yeah. And uh, he also has recorded all of his, all the wanderings, right? All the everywhere you've gone, yeah. You know, and then he see he sees the tears that you cry. He is thoughtful about that, you know, like he loves you. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So specifically, how does the omniscience of God affect us? Well, if God knows all things, if He has all wisdom, if He's in control of everything that happens, and if He is kind and good then nothing that ever happens to a Christian could ever be hopeless or purposeless. Everything that will happen will end up glorifying God and also end up in your best interests. That's Romans right. 8.28. Yes, yes. The good things in our life, um, that you know, there's so many good things that happen to us. There's far more, I think, good than bad yeah. that ever happens to anybody. Um but the good things that happen in our life should bring about thankfulness. Yeah. You know, we should we should recognize that we didn't do this on our own. You know, did you get a promotion? Okay, you worked your way, but God is the one who gave you the strength. He gave you the oxygen to breathe while you were working. He gave you the ability to work, period. And he gave you that promotion, too. Yeah. You know, everything that's good should lead to thanks, thankfulness and uh, ultimately should cause us to to be grateful for what God has done yeah. you know, in our lives. Yeah, and, and the bad things that do happen shouldn't lead us to just a state of desperation, right? We have to we have to retrain our minds to look at tragedy or discomfort or, you know, just hardships as time where God is doing something mysteriously good in our lives, you know, things that we can't see, you know, Romans 8, 18. Um, but understanding that the greatest good that could ever happen to us is is that God does work in our hearts so that we would be more like him, right? There's there's nothing greater that could ever yes. happen to us in our lives. And tragedy and persecution are ways that God uses our, our lives to cause us to trust him and pursue him in higher degrees. Uh, but ultimately, that's it's leading us to heaven where we will be lifted up and glorified and, and made completely like Christ. Yes, yes. So... Um John MacArthur has an awesome thing that he says about this here in, uh, in his Romans commentary, speaking specifically about um, how the tragedy and the bad things that happen in our lives, God uses them to do something specifically good in us, which is to bring us to be more and more like him, like yeah. Fran just said. So here's what it says. Therefore, we do not lose heart. This is what the Apostle Paul said to the Corinthian, Corinthian believers. But though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. 
2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 17. Mm. So it says this, even when our outward circumstances are dire, perhaps especially when they are dire and seemingly hopeless from our perspective, God is purifying and renewing our redeemed inner beings in preparation for glorification, which is the ultimate good. I think that's just awesome. You know, that's, that's so true. Yeah. If we actually believe that, if we actually looked at life like that. Yeah, if we live like we believe that. It would, we would be insane to the world. Oh. Like, no one would understand that. And I think that's actually possible. Like, yeah. I think we can actually grab these truths, hold to them. Now, I do think we'll always, we'll always have times where we fall in that area, like mm-hmm. we're human beings. Yeah. But at the same time, if we understand that the omniscience of God, the omnipresence of God, the omnipotence of God in those things, if God is all of those things, if he is good, if he loves us, there's literally nothing actually bad that can happen to us. So yeah. when we're in the deepest, darkest trial, we can hold to those truths and be steady right? and hold fast. Yeah. Little puppy. My little dog. So. Lu- what? Luna is what we named the dog, by the way. Yes. I forgot to mention that. It's a great name. Before it's I went not on common my, at all. Before I went on my rant. Well. <laughs> anyway, guys. Um. Grant, where, th- where can they find us? Where you can find us is on Facebook, Seeker Start. Yes. You can find us on Instagram, at Seeker Start Pod, or is it just at Seeker Start? I never remember. Just search Seeker Start, you'll find us. Yeah, if you look up Seeker Start, nothing else is really going to come up besides us. Um, <clears throat> you can also go to Manifold Ministries. Yes. Type that in your in your preferred search engine, and you will find many great podcasts, many great um writings blogs yes. if you will yeah uh despite popular belief being one of them uh we've got an episode with him if you've not listened to that check it out and we've got one on his as well yes go check it out also hey guys um if you would uh rate us on apple Podcasts, apple and spotify yeah, yeah. apple and spotify i mean it would just it would help us and uh and just be honest whatever you think we deserve yeah help it helps us it helps people find our show so that people can you know hear the things that we're talking about not that we're saying anything original obviously but you know we're, we're talking about the truths of who god is and how we can love him more and worship him better yeah so with that being said thanks for listening to This has been a Manifold Ministries podcast. For more content, visit us at manifoldministries.com.